0: Welcome to the Elijah Fire Podcast, where we jump into issues of today with faith and freedom instead of fear. And now here's your host, Jeff Tharp.
1: What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Elijah Fire episode 251. Today is Friday, June 16th, 2023. We got a great show today. It's called The Weapon of Destiny. How epic does that sound? If you guys are listening on Spotify, make sure to follow the Elijah Fire Podcast there. That'll really help us out please and thank you. Also, today is the last day I'm going to make this announcement, but you have all weekend to fill it out. We got that juicy survey that we want you guys to fill out. Um, And we just want to hear your feedback on you pick your top three choices of topics you really want to hear us hit on. And then there's also an other section so you can add in your own suggestions, um, all that good stuff. We've had a lot of really good suggestions in addition to the topics that are presented there that are already that you can select in the other section, we've got some great stuff. So, we're going to be taking all those things to heart. I also am going to be filtering through them and then going to be recommending to some of you guys some of our teaching series that we've done in the past, and then also other great episodes along these topics um, because some of you are newer and you might not know that those exist. And so, I want to highlight those to you guys as well. So, we'll be going through a couple of those. Probably sometime next week, I'll filter through them and then um, give some some suggestions there as well, uh, intermittently throughout the week. So stay tuned. Don't, uh, you want to watch every episode next week to make sure that yours gets uh, addressed. Uh, But yeah, we got a lot of exciting plans and um, some of what people suggested was kind of already in line with some of the stuff that we were already planning on doing. So very exciting. I love when that happens. All right, um, we're going to jump in. My guest today, um, some of you guys are newer to Elijah Fire, and you've seen this guest featured on Elijah streams, very popular guy over there, uh, rightfully so. Um, he's also the leader of Vanquish, Prophetic Warriors, and Unapologetic Dreamers. Let's give it up for our guest today, Andrew Whalen. Andrew Whalen, what's up? Hey, Jeff, man, hey, good man. to be here. Yeah. All right. Well, we're gonna jump in because I'm told by Illumination, I admittedly hadn't really had a whole lot of time this week to look through the notes, but she said they're really good. And I was not surprised, but um what what's on your heart to share, man?
2: Yeah, uh so well, thanks again for having me on. Always love being here on Elijah Fire. And um, yeah, so well, uh I'm calling this the weapon of destiny. And I feel that this message is, you know, I feel like God over time builds messages. He makes people themselves a message, oh, yeah. but, um, but he also puts within them some sometimes like key words or key messages. And I feel like this is kind of a, a developing message that he's put in my heart and he's piecing things together throughout the years. But I feel like this is going to be a very significant word for many people. And extremely helpful. So, um, you know, let me start with, I'm going to just uh, look at my notes here. Whoops, that's not what I want. Um, where'd it go? Uh, okay, here we go. Yeah, so it started recently. I shouldn't say it started recently, but this topic, um, the Lord began to expound on it with a dream recently. And so in the dream, I was with Lou Engel. And um, if people don't know who Lou Engle is, you should go follow Lou Engle. Look up Lou. He's a spiritual father. Yeah, he's legit. He's awesome. You know, yeah. he's been a, a real spiritual father of mine and, and just a great friend and someone, as Paul said, you don't have many fathers in the Lord, you know, follow me as I follow Christ. That's, that's what Lou's been for me over the years and um, just have appreciated him. But all I have to say is I had a dream with him and I've had this, Kind of reoccurring thing over the years where Lou will come to me in a dream and he'll say, Andrew, what's the word of the Lord? Or what is God showing you? And, um, you know, for years, Lou has told me, Andrew, you're a prophet to me. So tell me what's up. And so that'll happen in these dreams. And a lot of times when he says this in dreams, I'll say something to him that I've never heard myself think or say before. I know Mm -hmm. it's the spirit of the Lord. Mm -hmm. So anyway, recently, and when I say recently, maybe. A month or two ago, um, I had a dream. And in the dream, Lou comes to me. He says, Andrew, what is the word of the Lord? Here's a piece of paper. Here's a pen. You need to write it down because you're going to begin to speak about it. You're going to begin to preach on it. I said, oh, okay. Well, you know, it's funny because I don't know what I'm about to write. But in the dream, I um, I write the book of Jeremiah. And then I write known. K-N-O-W-N. And so I woke up from the dream and I looked up the book of Jeremiah and the word known. And clearly, uh, if you've read the book of Jeremiah, the, the first chapter would come to mind because uh, in that passage of scripture, it says that the Lord, um, maybe I wrote it down here. Um, yeah. So in Jeremiah one five, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. In other words, you were known. And before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. So the Lord is speaking to Jeremiah that, you know, Jeremiah, you're you were known like uh, I have a I I have a destiny for you um, because to be known is to be destined. And so hmm. and I think people should write that down <laughs> to be known is to be destined. If you were. So let me go to. Romans 8, 28 through 29, really quick here. It says, and we we like this passage of scripture, but sometimes we lose some of the potency it carries in it as well. So it says, and we know that God works all things together for the good of those who love him, who are called according to his purpose. Hmm. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed into the image of his son so that he would be the firstborn among many brothers. So I want to capture something there. You know, the Lord put it to to me this way, because sometimes there's some real bad theology out there that God knows some and doesn't know others or God, God predestined somebody uh, for, you know, for hell and he predestined this person. In that no
1: matter what you do, you are destined for hell. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I'm like, that's really bad theology. It's really messed up. <laughs> Real it's really unbiblical. Yeah. And here's the way I look at it is hey, do you think anybody caught God by surprise? Like, um, you know, because it says for God uh who he foreknew. Mm-hmm. For those God foreknew, he also predestined. So my question is, did did you catch him by surprise? Was God? Did God look at you some one day and was like, "Who are you? Where did you come from? You just showed up." No, God absolutely foreknew you, mm. and with the foreknowing came a predestination or a predestiny. Yeah. And if you want to summarize what that destiny looks like, it can be summarized in this: the conformity to the image of His Son. Mm. And so that is a beautiful, beautiful thing that God did the moment, um, well, not even the moment we were born, even before we were born. So here's the deal. God knows everybody. He foreknew everybody and he predestined everybody to be conformed to the image of his son. Some people are like, well, why then uh, did this person end up the way they did if they had a predestination well because that takes it requires our participation
1: Mm -hmm. it's free will
2: yeah it's free will Mm -hmm. and you know so i'm i want to hammer against these bad theologies that are like oh we don't do anything god does everything well no you know absolutely god is sovereign but in his sovereignty he gave humanity authority responsibility Mm -hmm. choice decision And so with that, but but the beautiful thing is he wrote in our being, in in our makeup, uh, within our own very heart, he wrote within us a destiny. And that's why the scripture says eternity is in the heart of every man. Why? Because our destiny is to live eternally with God the Father in his son, Jesus Christ. We're to be just like his son. So this is a beautiful thing is that every single one of us has destiny. And I believe that the enemy wants to derail, to rob, to cut short, to destroy the destiny of people's lives. And here's why. Here, you know, every the outworking of each individual's destiny has a unique aspect to it. So even though everybody... That God foreknew was predestined to be conformed to the image of His Son. Um, how that works out is very unique and specific to every individual. Mm-hmm. So along with that destiny comes callings and giftings and graces and all of that sort of thing. But the fact is, at the whether you're a whether your destiny is or your calling is to be a famous movie star <laughs> or a a uh, news personality mm-hmm. or you know a military officer whatever the case or or a minister in some way whatever that calling is ultimately the destiny summarize your destiny in that is to be conformed to Christ it's to manifest Christ reveal his life in that in you through those things now why does the devil hate that because here's why the scripture says in 1 John For this purpose was the son of God manifested to destroy the works of the devil. Point blank. When you fulfill your destiny, the devil's works are destroyed. That's Mm, it. The devil is terrified of you fulfilling your destiny because it means the revealing of Christ and the destruction of every work of darkness where you're sent. Where God puts you, where he releases you, where he sends you there you're predestined to reveal and manifest Christ, destroying mm. the works of the devil and bringing glory to the God of creation. So mm. but that's, a love- great,
1: that's like a great encouragement though, to anybody who's really feeling like they're maybe under attack in specific areas. Like, um, like so, one example I always give is like back when I didn't know the Lord, I was really shy. And then once I came to the Lord, all of a sudden I realized I was like, there's this whole other part of me that I felt like the enemy had really worked to suppress within me and realize I'm like, I'm not, I'm actually not shy. And then it was like, suddenly I got, became very bold and would preach the gospel to my friends and invite them to church and like all this stuff. And so um like that, that's like a really distilled down version of that, but it's a really great enc- encouragement to people who are maybe really feel like they're under attack in certain areas. Like that, dude like no press into that whatever that is press into it it's good
2: well it is beautiful because if you know here's the thing is our world is suffering from a lack of vision Mm. i mean we we have i mean honestly even christians we get stuck we get stuck in this uh i don't know we get stuck in a place of visionless we lose vision for our life the scripture says where there is no vision my people Um, Perish, or another translation, they cast off restraint. Um, In -hmm. other words, they they don't constrain, they don't uh, restrain themselves uh, to continue on, to keep going after the things that God has set before them. They lose their way. They shipwreck their faith. I'm seeing it all the time. It's really sad. But if I would point back to why people have lost their way or lose their faith or shipwreck, I mean, just ruin their lives, I realize it comes down to this mis, uh, mishandling of their their identity, their destiny. They don't realize that, oh, God has put within me a destination, a place for me to occupy in this life and to end up in my days and ultimately in eternity. But um, let me go to my next note here. It's Something I'm calling the identity factor, and the identity factor is really important because um, along the way, in in that predestination, when I say I don't want to confuse people, I don't want to become I know sometimes there's trigger words, theological trigger words when I say things. when I say predestination, I'm not talking about God has predestined some for heaven, God's predestined some for hell. I'm saying you have been predestined. To be conformed into the image of Christ. That's the most biblical scriptural uh, picture I can paint of predestination. And so God wants this for everybody. That's why Jesus died once for all. For all. Mm -hmm. He has a destination. Come into Christ. So anyway, along that journey of apprehending, of fulfilling the destiny on your life, God, uh, God needs you. To have something that anchors you, which I'd like to call your identity. And if you don't know who you are, if you don't have an identity, you become a target and a liability. So, those without an identity, they are a target and a liability. So, let me just break that down a little bit. Um, I I had a dream years ago where i was i saw that my my life it was like this i don't know it's weird in dreams sometimes so Mm -hmm. i had this dream where i knew that my life was like a castle i don't know or or like my life was a castle but at the same time it was my home so um i'm in this castle and i come outside of the castle and and when i go outside of the castle I know that the enemy outside of me or the, the enemy, the surrounding nations are extremely terrified of who I am. I knew their enemy nations. They were like neighboring uh, warring factions. Mm-hmm. And every time I would step out of my castle with my sword in hand to go do business, they were terrified. I mean, I could feel their fear. They were melting with fear. It's almost like mm-hmm. what the scripture says about those in the, uh, the city of Jericho. They they were like melting with fear, Hmm. you know, and that's how it it was in this dream. The enemy was melting with fear. So I would go and I would fight my battles. I would dominate. Some of them I didn't even have to fight because they were so terrified. I'd come back into this castle and I would put my guard down. I'd put the sword down and I would see myself at times just becoming complacent and just kind of like, um, I don't know, just being apathetic. And in the dream, I would hear a messenger come in the room and would say, the enemy has breached the gates. He's in the building. (laughs) And all of a sudden, I would find myself uh, literally surrounded and invaded by these enemies. And the messenger, I said, what are they looking for? What are they coming for? And the messenger said, they're coming for your identity. They're coming for your identity. Hmm. And so I went and grabbed, in the dream, I went and grabbed all of my ID papers, like my identification papers. And I grabbed them. And the enemy was trying with all his might to come and fight. But as soon as I grabbed my ID papers, I had supernatural, like, matrix-quality kung fu moves. Like, I just knew how to do – I could do everything. I was like, boom, if I want, you know, whatever. Yeah. (laughs) And so I was – As soon as I picked back up my ID and I began to war, I could fight effectively with supernatural ability I didn't have previously. Okay, so that was the dream. And it really taught me a lot that we are incredibly effective and we fulfill the destiny on our lives when we maintain hold of our identity. Hmm. And we have to know where our identity lies and where it doesn't. So um, the most important thing I think people too often miss is that we put our identity in some of the, the things we do rather than who we are and whose we are. And that's a dangerous place because Mm -hmm. you, you know, if everything that's, that can be shaken will be shaken. If your identity is in something that is going to be shaken, uh, then you better know that's you're, you're on a path to shipwreck. You become mm-hmm. at that point a target and liability. You're a target for the enemy. He, he can recognize, he can look at your life and be like, oh, this person's identity is more in their money than it is in in Christ. This person's identity is more in their giftings than it is in Christ. This person's, you know what I'm saying? It can go on and on. Um, but the point is our identity is first and foremost uh, born again. We are in Christ. He is in us. We no longer live. It's Galatians 2, 20 or 22. Um, you know, we no longer live. Christ lives in us. The life we live in this body, we live through faith. And so anyway, that scripture, that that's our identity. We're sons. We're daughters of Christ, period. And out of that, out of that being flows right believing. Mm-hmm and flows, uh, our actions, our behaviors, our gifts, all of those things, our callings. And so, um, yeah, so I think that that is something that this world, I, I like to say it this way, the natural things speak of the spiritual things.
0: Thanks for listening. The Elijah Fire podcast is made possible by donations like yours. To become a partner, visit slash give
2: So the scripture says the natural first then the spiritual. Oh there Here it
1: is. Go. Galatians 2:20. Thanks Nash.
2: Yeah, thank you. So I have been crucified with Christ. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. And you know too often well I'll yeah anyway um, <laughs> <laughs> well you started it man <laughs> okay well here's the deal is that I don't care what I don't care what you want to identify with or who you want to identify with um it's as a Christian any place you prioritize as an identity before Christ you're in trouble
1: uh-huh especially yeah
2: so you know I'm a white guy you know i I've got if I identify as a white man before I do as a son uh, of God and Christ, I'm in trouble. Yeah. You know what happens? Well, if I identify there first, I start to pick up the mentality that is, uh, that is a part of that cultural Mm -hmm. identity. You know, if you're um, African American and you identify as black or African American first, before you do a son or daughter of God, then then you're in a dangerous place. That doesn't mm-hmm. mean that God won't use those true realities. That hey, I'm a wh- I'm a white man, or this person's a black person. It doesn't mm-hmm. mean that God won't use that, and that that's not a gift. I believe He created us. We're fearfully wonderfully made, just yeah. how we are. Mm-hmm. Um, but but we begin to pick up cultural mentalities that are mm-hmm. a part of certain ideologies or, or um, I- identities, and then we begin to think based on those cultural identities rather than we do kingdom identity so does that make sense what i'm trying to say oh
1: man it absolutely does and it's a very important thing to hit on so i'm glad you did i'm glad i pushed it just a little because i think think it's really important um and i think it's something that we're seeing a lot right now where it's like the absurdity of me going up and being like hi andrew i'm a heterosexual male you know like First and foremost, right. we don't, I don't do that. Um, yeah. You know, so.
2: And and see, that's the thing is that we have to understand our identity. Um, it, it's not Christ and, and all of these other things. It's Christ period. And that's why, mm-hmm. that's why Galatians 2.20, I think is so significant. I no longer live. I can't, I don't have the, the, um, you know, Paul, Paul identified, this is Paul's writing he identified that he was uh completely dead his his only living was that which was in Christ however he used those natural benefits at times or those natural identifications such as being a roman citizen mm-hmm. you know so it's not a evil or a wicked thing to say oh i'm an american or i'm a white person it's just that no at the very core of who I am, I've died to everything else, but Jesus Christ. Right. And everything else falls under that order.
1: Right, And so
2: if, if you get that out of order, your life gets out of order. Mm-hmm. So,
1: yeah. And, and growing up in, you know, for a, a time in missions, um, you know, we celebrated like the more diversity we had on a, a base, the better. And we would get so everyone would get so excited. Cause we're like, this is what heaven's going to be like, man. But like, there is beauty in these different cultures and God loves them. Like It's like those expressions Absolutely. loves them, you know, but yeah, like you were saying, nothing should ever, nothing should ever take the place of our identity, which is in Christ. And that's why, you know, you guys know, I love Colossians three, you know, I love it. The first, first half, uh, basically up to verse one through 17, but, um, starting in, um, verse nine, he's talking about all these different sins that we need to rid ourselves of. He says, do not lie to each other since you've taken off the old self, along with its practices and put on a new self, which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. Here, there is no Gentile or Jew circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and is in all. And then it goes on to talk about how we're supposed to live then. Now that now it's like removing whatever our national identity was or our, um, you know, our, you know, whether we're male or female, and that's the thing that makes us, who we are, removing all of that and going, no, Christ is actually first, and all those things follow afterwards. And then, actually, when you fix your gaze on Christ, what ends up happening is all those other things—the things that you thought were important—suddenly start to kind of fall away. The things that really God was like, "Okay, this has to go, and this has to go." Yes, you know. So,
2: well, and God's good at that. He's yeah, he's really, you know, he, He's really, you know, he's a gentleman. He'll he'll come to you and and he'll start to you know convict you of things that you've prioritized or you yeah. put as an uh an idol and and so and and i here's the thing too is sometimes just having things in the wrong position or the wrong order makes them an idol so um you know just mm. even how you identify what uh when i say that i just mean like you know um i andrew, i or i i as andrew i know myself or i think of myself as like a prayer warrior like I, I recognize this grace or this calling on me, but even in that, I can't, I can't settle in that as my identity alone. Like it's, Interesting. you know, it's sometimes those kinds of things can subtly become, uh, idolatrous. We, we can really take pride in some things that, uh, that roots us back into that self-righteousness. And we got to just constantly be like, no, these are all according to grace. These are all according to, you know, who uh, who I am first, which is wow. I, I'm in Christ. He is all in all.
1: Mm. So I'm what his... you're saying is that a gift from God can actually become an idol
2: itself. Oh, oh, big time. And yeah. and in fact, ministries sometimes are um they were huh, I shouldn't go there, but I'll yeah, go we there.
1: should, man. Let's <laughs> let's go. <laughs> <laughs>
2: okay. Well, I just think sometimes, you know, ministries prop up the gifts and they instead of we don't know one another enough by the spirit as the scripture says and instead we look at gifts and we prop up the gift rather than recognizing um where the person's at or who they are and and sometimes that's a real dangerous thing so that's why yeah. that's why some ministries can blow up when someone gets exposed for having a, a terrible moral failure, mm-hmm. um, but their gift was on point. You know they yeah. were operating, and probably their their gift became much more their identity. And it was, and that was reinforced by the ministry that they were that they were working with because they were continually yeah. identifying them in 100%. that in that manner. And that's a dangerous thing to do. It's not dangerous to receive a gift or to receive. You know. It's good to acknowledge where God's gifted someone, but those kinds of things are subtle, and we just have to remember where identity lies, where it's at. It's based in Christ alone, mm-hmm. and He's our all-in-all. All. And I think, yeah, I think God is going to shake a lot of these things.
1: Yeah. Um, so. Well, and let's talk really quick about, especially for this. This might be a new concept for people that may may think like, well. It, God only promotes people who have a specific gifting when when they're ready to. But given what you just said and and what I was yes uh-huh, amening to, uh huh amenning to, actually is to the contrary of that. Um, and so let's talk about that a little bit. Like I would love to hear your thoughts on, like how how could somebody not have the right character but have the gift present? You know, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Like let's sure. talk about that a little bit.
2: Yeah. Um, and I think that's it. I think it's an important subject. Sometimes it's a tough subject to navigate mm-hmm. um, because you do look at someone who's very gifted and and you're like, wow, how, how in the world did they have? They were operating in this and then they go go and cheat on their spouse, yeah, you know, closeted
1: or, sin, you know, all kinds of stuff. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So um, it can be very confusing, mm-hmm. but I think it's really important for us to to understand that um the bible says that the gifts of god are with they, they're without repentance mm-hmm. they're you have gifts and i have gifts that god's given mm-hmm. to us yeah. um that are a part of just who he is as the gift giver and how he's made us and i think they were a part of that predestination so here's the interesting thing which i didn't touch on this yet but i'll i'll kind of i'll I'll weave this into it mm-hmm. um so, and, I, and I'll kind of go back to the identity thing here in a second. But Psalm one thirty nine sixteen, your eyes saw my unformed substance; in your book were written every one of them, the days that were formed for me, when as yet there was none of them. That's Psalm thirty nine once, uh, Psalm one thirty nine sixteen. So you know, God knew us; he he saw all of our days, and he wrote them down in his book. And with that writing, I believe, it's part of that scroll that along with that came. Uh, that those gifts, there's things about who he made us. He put in us, he put in our bloodline, he put in our DNA, things that he wired us for. Why is Mm -hmm. some, you know, some families, you're going to see music run all throughout their whole family line. It's like, and it's just like a natural thing. Like, wow, Mm -hmm. they're so gifted at it. Exactly. It's a gift. Um, but that's the same thing with the body of Christ. Many people can operate in a gift. Many people can operate uh, with these grace gifts, but yet they can have uh, they they can have hidden areas, character issues, because the gift works. That's what that's what I've recognized is the gift will continue to work despite character. Now God will not allow that to last for very right. long, and yeah. at, at some point your sin will find you out, mm-hmm. and at some point God has to bring. Uh, you know, usually what I've found is that the Lord has often corrected several, several times people who have continued to operate in a gift and yet have been a divided house. You know, Jesus said that a house divided cannot stand. There's too many people, uh, that, that operate in in one realm of gifting and yet they're completely opposite in their own inner heart and soul. And God says, Hey, a house divided cannot stand. You can't be flowing in these kinds of grace giftings, preaching the name of Jesus and then operating in darkness behind the scenes. Your house will fall. It'll crumble. It won't last. That's right. it, it and so in the same way, God will expose it. He will. And, it, and he has to for the sake of others. But sometimes I have found God will delay the exposure because of the mercy he has for yeah. the people. So people will be operating in a gift and so many people are being touched and blessed and ministered to. And the Lord, you you know, he's just so kind and patient. Mm -hmm. He's looking for uh, redemption on all fronts. He wants Mm -hmm. that person to see the goodness of God. What's the scripture says, it's the goodness of God that leads us to repentance. Yeah. And I think I'll tell you this. I have seen the gift work in my life and my own character not up to par truthfully i've seen it and it's a dangerous thing when you see the gift work yeah and you and people recognize it and then you know you know you can get away with walking in an opposite manner in in hidden places at least at least in front of people (laughs) yeah but god won't allow it yeah um, yeah so I don't know if that helps a little bit. But. I think it
1: does. Yeah, it definitely does. I'm sure people feel, and everybody listening feels the same. I think because like, you know, it, it is like a, a tra- like a it's a mutual thing with God. He does want that partnership. I mean, obviously he wants you to learn to hear him correctly, but like him giving you a, a, a gift and you recognizing it's president. It, man, it's a delicate thing. And it's like, yeah. it's a precious thing because it's like, you know woe to you who uh who rely too heavily on your own ability, a gift that God gave you rather than you know making sure that you're honoring God properly with that gift and you know like you were saying like operating in hidden areas, you know that you could the awareness of like you could operate in in hidden areas you can still operate in the gift but then in the hidden areas do things that maybe you should be doing
2: yeah for sure and and yeah. here's the thing is that God? He's merciful, mm-hmm. but but he's not ignorant and he's not blind. You know, he's he's kind, he's slow to anger, uh, but he has to bring us discipline, especially when we're tolerating those kinds of divisions in mm-hmm. our own soul. When we're allowing uh, we're, when we're allowing the gift of God to operate through us and and maybe we have good intentions. Right. But at the same time, we're still uh, um, not being true. In the inward places, God has to correct that because that's not that's not where He predestined us to go. He says, "No, your destiny is to be conformed to the very image of Christ." So I'm going to bring truth into the inward places. I'm going to correct. I'm going to make you whole, spirit, soul, and body. You're going to walk as one. And um, so, I think it's really important that people recognize that. I've had a, a spiritual father in my life who, at the height of his Signs, miracles, and wonders, and I'm not speaking about anybody that probably anybody knows, um, but he at the height of his uh, ministry, he was he was seeing the dead raised, and um, I mean just incredible miracles. Uh, but he was also in um, in some great error, mm. and so the Lord, you know, for him it wasn't moral; it wasn't like a moral failure failure, but it was an area that the Lord had tried to correct in his own character. Um and so eventually the Lord had to bring such a swift correction to it because of the destruction he was causing
0: hmm.
2: um that he ended up having to go to jail. <laughs> so wow. That's a whole nother story. Yeah, that's yeah. So but, the, but you know he's out he was there for two years and he got out and you know this has been 30 years ago and um And, you know, since that time, though, I mean, he's he's got such wisdom and I I love his who he is and how he, you know, breaks that down to be like, man, you know, I'm not uh, I'm not necessarily impressed with gifts uh, if the character of the person isn't, you know, measuring up to the same. Mm -hmm. And so but that takes time. That's what I want to encourage people. Usually the gift starts working first. Before your character is ready to handle it, and um, you know, so that's why it's really important. I I believe to let the Lord bring you under His uh, His yoke, His burden, and and that's why I believe identity is huge. Here's the deal: if you lose your identity in all these other things, you you in other words, you place your identity in all those other things. That's that is a Red flag for you right there to say, get out. The devil will exploit that. He'll exploit you. Mm-hmm. He'll breach you. He'll breach your weaknesses. He'll breach all of these places and get you out of order. You've got to you've got to fight and war for your identity. Because
0: mm.
2: everything in the natural right now is saying, look at uh, the number one crime. It's identity theft throughout the world. Identity theft is the number one crime wow. in the world. That should be a spiritual prophetic red flag before us and say, this is what the devil is after right now. He's coming after our identity. Mm-hmm. He wants to steal, kill, and destroy your identity. He doesn't want you to know that you're a son or a daughter. Yeah. When you start to know you're a son and daughter, wow, you'll begin to manifest and reveal Christ in your life.
1: Yeah, come on. So good, man. Well, well let's talk uh, about the, uh, oh, go ahead. What were you going to say? No, go ahead. I was going to say, let's talk about this, uh, the scroll dream slash Bob Jones dream. Yeah. Sorry, my cat is like going crazy right next to me. (laughs)
2: Yeah, for sure. By the way, let me say this. The objective of spiritual warfare against us is the theft of our identity, like I just said. And so when we lose our identity, we yield our authority. And you can look all throughout the Bible this, but um, especially Adam and Eve, if you want to, um, you know, Satan pretty much tempted them with a uh a false narrative that somehow they weren't like God. You know, mm-hmm. he said, "Hey, um if you do this, if you eat this tree, you'll you'll be like God." And but they already were. <laughs> right.
1: They were made in his image. Yeah. yeah.
2: So it's the same thing the enemy likes to come and do today. He's he's coming after that realm of identity. Yeah. And so anyway, but here is the thing that I think is so important is the power of understanding that we have a scroll, that we have a destiny. Mm-hmm. And, um, I had a dream. I don't know when this was, but, um, let's see years ago I had a dream where, um, I was talking with prophets. I was talking with a man named Paul Keith Davis, okay. um, Bobby Connor and I think Lou Engle in this dream. And I asked them, I said, how did Bob Jones walk in such a high level, prophetic, accurate anointing? And they responded. I think it was Paul Keith that responded in the dream and said he got it from his scroll. And when, they, when he said that, the dream ended. And I thought, huh, well, it took me to the scripture that I already read in Psalm 139, that all the days of our lives have been written down in the Lord's book before one of them ever came to be. Mm-hmm. In other words, you've got a destiny. You've got a scroll over your life. God says, I've I've predestined you to be conformed to the image of my son. And along the way, I'm going to put a calling on your life that looks like this. And along with that, there's going to be these gifts yeah. to help you walk that calling out um, to Uh, to really achieve the destiny I have for you.
0: Help Elijah Fire continue to make an impact around the world. All donations go toward making Elijah Fire and the Elijah Fire podcast possible. Visit ElijahFire.com slash give and become a partner today. And so
2: that's that scroll. And so the Lord began to show me the way that um, Bob Jones fulfilled or walked in that level of anointing is because he understood his scroll. In other words, God says, Andrew, the reason that Bob walked in that level of anointing is because he discovered what was written in his scroll and he stayed in that vein. He stayed in that lane. And here's what I want to say to people is you're the greatest level of power, anointing, prophetic anointing that the place where the the greatest intense anointing and power rests is in the the realm of your scroll. So if you try to walk out my scroll, you're you're going to have very little anointing, grace, favor, power to walk that out. But you walk out your scroll and you're going to see the highest level of prophetic anointing and power in that place. Does that make sense? Mhm. Yeah, yeah, so I think that the same way for people is you know, comparison and trying to be somebody else is a really bad thing. You're not going to find the grace to do it. You're not going right. to find the the anointing there that The greatest anointing is in the place of what has been written over your life. Hmm. So um, let me tell you a cool thing is years ago, my daughter and my wife, I don't remember if it was the same night. It was around the same time, but both of them were taken to a place they knew was the library of heaven in a a dream. So this happened in a dream, both of them. Wow. And Same night? That's what I can't remember. I just knew. I knew it was like the same week. So I don't remember if it was the same night, but it was kind of cool. The fact that they both had the same Uh dream. Yeah, that's super cool. Like, okay, this is interesting. Mm -hmm. The Lord was shouting something. So yeah, they had the same dream and it was this. They said that they were taken to the library of heaven and they, um, they both said, Andrew, we saw your, um, my daughter said, dad, I saw your book there. And I go, oh, that's awesome. She goes, yeah, I saw the title of it. And same, my wife said the same thing. She goes, yeah, I saw your book. I saw the title of it. And um, she said the book was called Spoils of War. And I thought, oh, this is awesome. God gave them a dream for me to write this book. So I started like a week later to, to pin the title Spoils of War. And I started to write. And the Holy Spirit stopped me and said, "Andrew, that's not. I'm not telling you to write this book. I'm telling you that's your scroll. That's your book. That's mm-hmm. the title of your who you are. I've called you to be one who uh, breaks through the enemy and captures the spoils of war,
1: dude.
2: And so you know, so I'm hardcore. like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, yeah. Yeah,
1: like, that's hardcore, man.
2: Dude, it is. But here's the thing, everybody." has a beautiful title over their scroll. Mm -hmm. I believe God's written, you know, wonderful things over every individual. And you don't always necessarily have to see it in a dream, okay? Mm -hmm. Uh, Although I believe, hey, why not ask God? Why not just start asking the Lord, what's written over my scroll? Mm, Yeah, dude. You know, what is, you said you know me, you knew me. You knew me before I was in my mother's womb. You knew, and you set me apart. You know, so what am I set apart for? How did you foreknow me? What's been written over my destiny? Dude. And, and just start asking him these things. And then when you have a framework, you know, so that title became a bit of a framework for me. And I began to realize, oh, okay, the greatest realm of anointing and prophetic grace on my life will exist in this place of warfare. Mm. And so that's played out over time is that God's just shown me, um, you know, he's sent me other dreams where he's told me, Andrew, your garment, your prophetic garment is for war. And so I find that I can, I can work with businesses. I can use that prophetic gift to work with businesses, uh, to work with government, to work with all these things, but the highest level of anointing and accuracy in that gift is when it deals with warfare. So it's just how it operates with me. And so I yeah. think that the Lord is just letting people know this is what he does. He's saying, I've written something over your life. Mm-hmm. Find it, you know, walk in it. And Dude. God doesn't want to hide it from everybody. It's like right. people are like, I don't know. I don't know. Well, ask, ask and you will receive.
1: Yeah, man. Well, I think too, um, you know, I mean, I'm sure you've heard plenty of people talk about this too, where they're like, oh, I'm not you know, the whole, I'm not going to amount to anything conversation, even Christians where they're like, Oh, this is my lot in life. And I'm like, nothing God does. It isn't extraordinary. Yeah. (laughs) And so if God has purposed you for something that too is extraordinary. And that's why it's important to ask him like, yeah, I mean, that's a, that's an invitation. You guys like, Lord, what's written over my scroll. I just wrote that down too. I'm like, yeah, God, Enlighten me, you know. <laughs> yeah, I want to know too. Well,
2: honestly, you know, some some people are like, "Well, Andrew, that's because you're called to be a prophet or whatever." You know, like you've got this great yeah. calling or whatever. Yeah. I'm like, no. It started with me asking. It started mm-hmm. me with believing. You know, the Bible says, "Anyone who comes after Him must believe that He is, and that He is a rewarder of those that diligently seek Him." And I think that God wants. He's He's not wanting to keep your destiny your scroll secret uh you know he wants you to find those things out um what's the scripture say the the secret of the lord belongs to them that fear him you know he wants to give you secrets he wants you to to find these things
1: um but uh but some people Psalm 25 14 yeah, maybe I want I to didn't. get that right. I just want to get it right, just in case people are curious themselves. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And yeah, find let me know when you find it. Um,
1: uh, uh, the Lord confides in those who fear him. He makes his covenant known to them. Is that the one? I mean, this is NIV, so maybe it's a little bit different than your
2: Sure. I, I like Yeah, I like. it's
1: around that area, you guys. <laughs> There's also some another another place is Psalm twenty five, fourteen and fifteen. So check it out for yourself, you guys.
2: Yeah. Well, here's the deal is, man, God is not looking to um, leave you in the dark. Mm -hmm. Right. He's a he is the light. And so um, and the scripture says he's the light that lightens all man. You know, if we come close to him, if we draw near to him, we start to ask, we start to say, Lord, I want to peer in to who I who you've made me to be. Mm -hmm. You know, yes, it's all about him. But but he made it. A lot about us because he's the firstborn of many brothers, and you know, he wants a whole family to understand who they are. Which, by the way, let me move on and share this real quick because this is profound. So, listen to this Psalm 40 5 through 7. No, wait, is that the um, oh, wait a second. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, Psalm 40 5 through 7. I think this is profound. So, listen to this many. O oh, Lord, my God, are the wonders you have done and the plans you have for us. None can compare to you. If I proclaim and declare them, they are more than I can count. So, by the way, this is a, a prophetic foreshadowing of Christ. So, sacrifice and offering you did not desire, but my ears you have opened. Burnt um. offerings and sin offerings you did not require. Then I said, here I am. Speaking of Christ, here I am. I have come. It is written about me in the scroll. Okay. Are you? F- so I, I'm sure you're probably familiar with that passage or I'm sure people mm-hmm. are. Um, yeah. But it's it's really cool because that passage was actually referred to in the book of Hebrews, so let me go there real quick. It's hmm. Hebrews 10, 5 through 7. Therefore, when Christ came into the world, he said, sacrifice and offering you did not desire. So the writer of Hebrews is saying, therefore, when Christ came into the world, he said, sacrifice and offering you did not desire. He's referring back to Psalm 40. But a body you have prepared for me. Um. Wait a second. Did I read that wrong? Uh, hold on. Oh, no, no, no. Hold up. Uh, wait. What is it? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Here we go. Sorry.
1: It's all good, bro.
2: All right. Okay, so <laughs> it's gonna be powerful once I get through this. All right.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Stick Psalm... with it,
2: guys. <laughs> Psalm forty. It talks about this passage, which the writer of Hebrews refers to Mm -hmm. in Psalm 40. It says this sacrifice and offering you did not desire, but my ears you have opened. Okay. this one says in Hebrews, it's it's referring back to that same passage. He's quoting the very same verse, except he says this. He goes "Um, sacrifice and offering you did not desire, but not my ears you have opened, but a body you have prepared for me. Do you see that? It completely mm. got rid of that passage where it says, But my ears you have opened. And it says now, But a body you have prepared for me.
1: Interesting.
2: Is that not interesting?
1: Yeah, it's super interesting.
2: So, what just happened there? Okay, here's what I feel the Lord showed me that he said in Psalm 40, that passage, it says, Jesus, it's referring to Christ. And he's saying, Here I am. I have, it says, I've got open ears. In other words, in other words, in Psalm 40, the Lord is saying, sacrifice and offering you didn't desire. But guess what? My ears are opened and I now know who I am. He says, here I am. I have come. It's written about me in the scroll. Jesus is saying, I found myself in the scroll. I know my scroll now. I have come as the son of the most high to help save people from their sins. I've come as the deliverer. I have come as the savior. So now the writer of Hebrews is pointing back to that scripture and he's no longer saying that Christ's ears have been opened because they've already been opened and he's already done his work. He's now saying, but a body you have prepared for me. In other words, now that my eye or now that my ears, the Lord's saying now that my ears have been opened and I've done my scroll now it's time for the body of Christ to fulfill theirs. They have mm. to know who they are. Their eyes have to be opened. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, that's tight, dude. Okay, so yeah,
2: I just love that.
1: Yeah, he's the so, tip of the spear, dude. You know the, uh, you know it's just like, and then yeah, that's that's legit.
2: So Psalms forty was the scroll of Christ. Mm-hmm. He was given an ear to understand his scroll, and now that Christ has fulfilled his scroll. It's no longer about him understanding who he is. It's about the body understanding and getting revelation about their scroll in Mm -hmm. Christ. Yeah. So when we understand that we are known, that we've been given an identity and have a scroll of destiny, life begins to supernaturally work together for good and for a great purpose. Hmm. So isn't it interesting that that passage of being foreknown is found in? Romans 8, where it says all things work together for the good of them that are uh that love him and are called according to his purposes. In other words, guess what? You can you can derail your life, uh, but if you come back to you know, come back to me, guess what? I'll work it all out for the good. Yeah. Because I, think I have what,
1: well in that sorry, that that aspect right there, um, Andrew, is where people do get kind of lost. Uh, in, in, theologically sometimes where they see God redeeming something and they see that he's redeemed a situation. And then they, the theology gets wonky and then they go, God willed me to, t- to do this thing and that. And they may be addressing sin specifically. I mean, God's not going to, going to push you into sin. That's not what he's oh. going to do. And so you yeah. see what I'm saying? Cause then yeah. people take that and they go, just as kind yeah. of a side note to what you're saying is like right. that passage. Oh, you know, they'll, they'll take God, God works all things together for the good. And they see the redemption that God caused. And then they go, God, God, um, God willed me to do this. I've heard people say it before. Yeah. I'm like, well, oh, just... no,
2: <laughs> no, I, I I don't remember who it was. Was it Paul that said, shall, shall we do evil that good may come of it? Yeah. That's you know?
1: Romans, and... uh, whatever, six, five, something like that. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. So th- the
2: the simple answer is no, <laughs> right. you know, no, it's not God's will for us to do evil. It's not God's will for us to fall into sin. It's not God's will for us. And he doesn't tempt. The Bible says that he, he will not tempt us. Right. Um, he's he has been tempted in every way as we are, but he is not the tempter. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, and, and with the temptation, guess what? He provides the way of escape. So he's not confined us to. Oh, I guess we have no choice in the matter but to fall into this. But no, God has provided a way out, and He is a a faithful high priest. He's a compassionate uh, high priest. He understands us. He's been touched with the very feeling of our infirmities. Our He's mm-hmm. He's been tempted in every way as we are, without sin. And so there, that is a very wrong theology. And I've heard it too. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, you know, I think, I think it was totally God's will that I was a drug addict for 20 years, you know, or that I, that I left my, my wife and, or what, you know what I'm saying? It's like, these are the kinds of really outrageous things. Now, the fact is no matter how far you have gone, know that, know that wasn't God's perfect will for you, but you can come back through this door of repentance and find grace and mercy in your time of need. And guess what? God can supernaturally weave your life and yeah. work it all back mm-hmm. for the good.
1: That's yeah. the beautiful thing. Well, and uh, so to to the credit of what you're talking about, what I'm talking about is earlier this week on Elijah's Streams, we had Mike Lindell on, and he was talking about his testimony of, of all these different things. And he was talking about how once he came back to the Lord, realizing all these skills he used for the devil, like card counting and all this stuff. (laughs) He's like, I realized that, you know, like his like raspy voice. He was like, he was, he was all of a sudden God was putting him in positions where all that stuff that he learned while he was in sin now can be used for God's glory because he learned, he learned how, how to sort numbers and count cards and like handle data and all of that. And so now that's really, God is like, all right, yeah, we can use that like, but we'll use it for my glory. Now those skills you learned. So that's a perfect example of what we're talking about of God redeeming uh, a life of sin, but now being used for his glory. And um, yeah, those skills that you used uh, to, to, to glorify the devil can be redeemed and used to glorify God.
2: Absolutely, man. And I love that. That's so, it's so huge.
1: Yeah. Super cool.
2: Yeah. So let, let me just share this, that Um, I I think this is really beautiful that along those lines is that I had a encounter when I was, I don't remember the year. It was probably around 2012, 13, 14, one of those years right there that I think it was around 2014. So I was in an airport um, with Lou Engel and we had just done a trip together. This is real life. We did a trip together. I think it was, I don't know where we were. So we were somewhere on the East coast. And at this point I had traveled with him several times. And when I, before I had even met Lou, I saw in dreams that I would be traveling with him and doing some ministry stuff with him. But when I first had those dreams, I thought to myself, how in the world will that ever happen? Number one, I'm, I'm nobody. And you know what I mean? I'm not nobody, but I, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, you think this way sometimes and you're like, mm-hmm. Oh, you know, I don't know him and he doesn't know me. That's probably more of a pipe dream or whatever. I
1: say pipe dream. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: And so, but fast forward, it was really interesting. I remember in 2014, I, we were at the airport. Lou was standing kind of back a ways and I just pondered with the Lord. I said, Lord, how did you do this? How did you get me into this place where I'm at today? Standing next to, this man who I've considered, you know, just a great champion uh, that I've that I've wanted to just, you know, that I've admired that I've been thankful for. And so I said, mm-hmm. how did you do this? And at that very moment, I kid you not, this lady walks up in line at the airport, bumps me out of the way. I mean, literally like very rudely. She had a huge like duffel bag and just budges in line and boom, knocks me out of the way and literally budges right in front of me and her duffel bag is like in my face. I'm like, I was I got kind of irritated. Yeah. I was like, how rude of this lady. <laughs> but at the moment I looked at the duffel bag and it said literally in my face it says the future belongs to those who believe in the beauty of their dreams. Wow. The Lord instantly in that moment answered my question. He said Andrew the the reason that you are where you are is because you believed in the beauty of your dreams. You didn't stop believing that I've got a destiny for you. Like
0: what you're hearing? Help us continue to make Elijah Fire and the Elijah Fire podcast possible. To get behind this ministry, visit ElijahFire.com slash give. Now back to the show. You
2: believed what I showed you. You you pressed into them. You went after them. You started Mm. to contend for them. You walked after them. And I felt the same thing God shouting to a generation is what if a generation would believe in mm. the beauty of their dreams? What if they would believe that I've got a destiny over their life? If they yeah. would understand they have destiny, it would weaponize their life. It would send them into places they never thought they could be because they believed that I actually have a, a predestiny on their life because I foreknew them. I've, I know every individual. And I think that's one of the most powerful, powerful weapons of our spiritual warfare is to cling to the fact that we are known by God, that we have a destiny in him, that our identity is com- made completely new in Christ. And therefore, we have been connected to a incredible, eternal destination Come on. Uh, and destiny. So. Anyway, yeah, so it's exciting, man. I I believe that God is going to be doing this for many people. I believe many people are going to have encounters with the Lord, visitation with the Lord, where he begins to uncover their destiny. They begin to understand what more of what's been written over their lives. By the way, if I can say this, Jeff, that Mm -hmm. um, I believe, that dreams are one of those ways where God starts to uncover some of what's written in your scroll. Hmm. So um, I've told people, I'm like, you know, I think that, you know, sometimes in your dreaming, you're actually seeing pages of your scroll
1: unfolding. (laughs) Yeah. That's sweet. I had something the other day. It was really weird. I, I actually need to go back through my dream journal and find this dream because the dream wasn't, I don't know if you've ever had this, but um, where the dream wasn't, like I would never look at the dream and go, okay, this is applying directly to my situation two years later. But there was a moment where something happened and I heard something say something specific. And all of a sudden I realized it was like, boom, like a flash. I go, I've had a dream about this. But in the dream, it was like, different events but it actually was the same like the same thing but it was a different like i would have never guessed just by looking at the dream that it was through 100 revelation from the lord So i need to go i don't know if that's ever happened to you where all of a sudden you realize oh, yeah. like something that like it was a weird dream where like you know bubbles were coming out of the wall or something <laughs> you know so there's like weird things in the dream yeah you know, but something happens and all of a sudden you you have this awareness of that dream from a couple of years ago that that's yeah. i'm that's what's happening right now have yeah. you ever had had things like that happen
2: oh for sure yeah. man
1: so cool when it happens which man. further
2: confirms to me that this is this is all written out you know god's mm-hmm. got a but he's got a scroll and he's saying and and you know sometimes that scroll how do i want to say it sometimes um when god shows us things in dreams it's like you said it's maybe not exact literal uh you know you're going to see it unfold the exact way you saw mm-hmm. it but you're going there you're going to have enough revelation that you're like oh this is that and um mm-hmm. so god'll do this with you he'll mm-hmm. be like this is that this this was that and i've seen it play out many times
1: yeah and i think too there's like no you know the, no amount of sometimes I think that God likes to keep things a mystery like that so that he can do those. Hey, remember that dream? Yeah. That's this, you know? Yeah. And it's like a seed deposited inside of you, you know?
2: Oh, absolutely, man. And, and I think God, I think God, I, I would, you know, not I wish, but I pray that there would be a generation that would rise up even right now that would lay hold of their destiny and mm-hmm. and I'm just thinking man I feel like we I feel like it's just too easy to just settle in life and I'm not saying we don't be content you know contentment with godliness is of great gain we need to be content in some in things but but I also feel like there's enough of scripture that says we ought to live being provoked and provoking one another to love and to good deeds. We got, man, let's get provoked by the fact that God has a destiny for us and he doesn't want us to fall short of it. He's given us everything we need for life and godliness through his power. So um, there's a passage of scripture that says um, that we uh, may we lay hold of all of that for which Christ has laid hold of us that's one of my favorite prayers. I can't remember right now uh, off the top of my head where it's at. Um,
1: elimination will find it. Eliminational, yeah. It. yeah.
2: Uh, but I've prayed that for, for years. God, I want to lay hold of everything that you have laid hold of me for, uh, because I don't want to, at the end of my life, say, Lord, I left so much on the table. I just, you know, I just didn't pursue all of that for which was written over me and, what you for uh, uh knew-
1: Philippians 3:12 through 14 is that is that it it says not that i have already obtained or am already made perfect but i press on if so be that i may lay hold of that for which i also was laid hold on by Christ Jesus is that it yep
2: yep that's okay it. yep
1: Philippians 3:12 through 14 everybody yeah amen
2: so you know there's There is so much that I believe. I mean, what would happen if we just said, okay, God, to be honest, I'm letting you into my prayer closet right now. Okay, here's, I pray this often and I've seen some of the most supernatural answers come as a result of this prayer. You get everybody, you ready. You're going to get this prayer. Take this to your own prayer time before the Lord and say, Lord, I do not want to live my life uh, or what do I say? (laughs) No, I say, God, I want to live my life laying hold of all of my destiny, Mm. all of my destiny. I want to lay hold of it and see my destiny. It's not just about me and it's not just about you. Your destiny is about the the full measure of glory that you can bring God. That you can, um, yeah. That you can reveal through your life, and so I'm saying, Lord, let the full measure of of your glory be revealed through my life. So I pray that God, I want to live my life, laying hold of all of my destiny, and I want to, I want you to pray that. I, I want people to pray that in your own way, mm-hmm. because here's the thing: if you fulfill your destiny, it's going to help the kingdom advance. Yeah. And so we need to be praying this more and more God help people give people grace to see to understand like Jesus said he found himself in the scroll. I pray that people would discover their scroll and that we would be like Christ who said an ear my ears you have opened. God, open the ears of your people. Let mm-hmm. them hear what you're saying. Let them see what you're doing. Um let's see so Elimination says, G, I can't even pronounce that name. G.G. G.
1: Gregory. Yeah. Right. Said, so can I ask for I from the Lord as I have been in a midlife crisis for a while now, Andrew. Also, how do I position myself to receive the dreams and visions that would give me certainty? Yeah, that's, that's good.
2: Yeah, no, that's awesome. That's awesome. Hey, you know what? This is going to be helpful, too. Maybe we'll do another episode on this down the road. But I recently I was in my dream journal and I found a dream that I'm like, how did I forget this dream? And it was simply this. I was asked by someone to uh, to give the most prophetic word I could ever give anybody.
1: (laughs) (laughs) How does one do that? Yeah.
2: Yeah. and I was like, wait, what's the most prophetic thing I could ever tell someone? And. And what's, what's the most prophetic word or the most prophetic message I could say? And in the dream, I said the most prophetic... Me- and again, I didn't know what I was going to say, except I found myself writing it down. I said the most prophetic message I can give you is this. And it was the word seek. S-E-E-K. Seek. Here's what I want to say is, how do you position yourself? How do you uh, How do you get your eyes open? How do you get your your ears open how do you receive more of those that wisdom clarity certainty visions dreams all of that seek the lord seek the lord seek and he shall be found what's the bible say seek you will find knock the door will be open ask you will receive um and in fact my whole testimony which I won't go into but my whole journey with Jesus started i would say it this way my The most supernatural, life-changing journey I ever had started with that prayer. God, I want to seek you with all my heart so that I can find you. And I want to just say that to people right now is seek the Lord. Seek him. You will find. He promises it. The Bible promises it. Seek and you will find. So Mm -hmm. I hope that helps some people. God, I love that. I think God loves. He loves the seeking heart. Don't stop mm-hmm. seeking him. Just press into him, seek him, and watch what happens. Watch as he pr- he promises you, "I will be found by you. I will show up. I will reveal myself. I mm-hmm. will make things known to you." So that is a beautiful thing. And mm. amen to that.
1: <laughs> yeah, amen to that. All right, man. Go ahead and pray. Praise you, Philad, dude. Yep, There's a lot. Absolutely. So it's, a, it's a lot of good stuff amen yeah
2: well father i just thank you um lord you know us better than we know us lord we are foreknown by you and and uh all those you foreknew all that you foreknew and you foreknew everyone mm. all of those that you foreknew you predestined to be conformed to the image of your son and we say lord we want you to reveal to us what has been foreknown about us. What did you write in our scroll? Help us in Christ to fulfill the very things destined, the very things written, the very things ordained for us to apprehend. Lord, we want to lay hold of all of that for which Christ has laid hold of us. And Lord, I pray right now, God, let a new baptism of faith Strike the hearts of your sons and daughters. They would believe that you have a destiny on their life. And God, it doesn't have to be anybody else's, it's unique to them. And so, Lord, I thank you that um, it doesn't have to be uh, whatever, God. I pray that we would just be so enraptured by who you are, that we just are, it's our joy and our delight to do the very thing that you've destined us to do and to be. Mm. And God, I thank you. I pray for those who are struggling right now in their identity. Lord, I pray you would bring every son and daughter to the cross right now. Let the cross of Christ crucify areas of identity, areas of uh, things that we have settled our hearts on as our identity that are out of order, that are maybe possibly even lies that are maybe even demonic strongholds. I pray, God, a sweeping move of your spirit to reset our identity first and foremost in Jesus Christ. Lord, deliver your sons and daughters from idolatry, from strongholds, from places where our identity is being warred over. God, I pray that those word curses over, I even see there's a, a, a man right now, I see him actually holding his head and it's like witchcraft over your mind. The Lord says the word curses over you. The word curses over you have uh, have become a stronghold of your identity. And right now the Lord says, I am shattering those curses over your mind that you might now leave that stronghold. And so, God, I pray give this man a fresh download of your love and your calling, your destiny on his life. In Jesus' name, and Lord, I pray that for every son and daughter here right now, that you would visit them in power, deliver them from every stronghold, every mental place of bondage, every wrong identity and mindset, and Lord, reset and reorder according to your uh, according to your word all of the identity that needs to be in its right place in Jesus' holy name. Thank you, Lord. Mm-hmm. I just hear the name Catherine. God, I just thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. God says you're much more than you have allowed yourself to believe. God says you have had the reins and you have you have limited your own mind from believing what God has said. And God says Believe what I say over you, daughter. Um, And today uh, you have authority to believe. You have authority to take captive those thoughts that have hindered and downplayed and, and undervalued who you are. And God says, you are valuable, Catherine. You are valuable to me. You have great value. And I esteem you as one who loves me and trusts me. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Mm. Mm. I just hear the word Mitchell or the name Mitchell. I just, Lord, I just pray blessing over Mitchell. Mm. I thank you, God, that you're doing a work in Mitchell's life right now. There's something uh, that you are working out of his soul right now that is contended for his peace and for his sanity. God says, I am breaking. uh, I am breaking confusion, a spirit of confusion uh, and witchcraft that has sought you and has contended for your calling. And. um, Wow, Lord, I pray you would restore Mitchell's voice of of clarity. Uh, and his wisdom, I think you got the wisdom uh, that he's called to. I just see education on him and so Lord, I pray for uh, Mitchell as as he is uh, called to educate he's called to teach. I pray God you deliver him from the spirit of confusion that's uh, taken uh, even his own identity and brought it under um, Great deception at times. So Lord, deliver him right now, I pray. Deliver him in Jesus' name. Blessings to Mitchell. Uh, thank you, Lord. Um, okay, so elimination says, is there another question? Or or was that the one with G Oh that yeah,
1: that was from Gigi. Oh, okay. Yeah.
2: Okay. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father.
1: Hmm. Mm-mm. Mm.
2: Mm And I hear the Lord say that some of you walked away from some things that, you know, God called you to years ago. Mm-hmm. And God says that um, I'm not going to I'm not going to bring them back to you the way that that I did initially, the way that you initially were uh, had picked them up. So, in other words, what I'm feeling is God saying there's some things that I've called many of you to that some of you have. uh you you put on the shelf or you walked away from God says, I'm going to return that back to you now to fulfill those things, but they're not going to look or be fulfilled in the way that maybe you first were walking them out. God says, Mm -hmm. they're going to come back to you with a new uh, dimension of grace Mm -hmm. and even some new structure and new wineskin," says the Lord. So uh, God says, just get ready for what I'm about to do because I hear your prayer right now. I hear your heart. And God says, I have need of you to fulfill all that I have written over your life. So God says, watch it come back to you in this time, but don't expect it to be like it was Mm. when it first began. Mm. Thank you, Jesus. I hear the name Amy. Um, mm. Amy, I hear the Lord say it's not too hard. It's not too complicated. It's not too big. God says it's simple. And some of the, uh, the feeling of being this, being too much, too big, uh, what he's called you to, what you've been feeling the desire to do. It's, it's felt like, uh, the resources are going to take too much. The time is going to take too much. The people do it. The Lord says, uh, the word simple. And so I just think God wanted to reef, uh, refocus your heart on his ability he says it's simple all things uh you can do all things through Christ says the Lord who strengthens you and God says I'm with you in this and I will send help I will send resource um, so God is going to work in this Amy what he's called you to um, thank you Jesus thank you Lord Mm. and I hear the word leave so um there's some of you who've been wondering should I leave <laughs> please let let the Lord confirm this maybe a couple times for you uh, don't everybody quit their job uh today after this word but I think there's someone who I hear the I hear the prayer do I need to stay or do I need to leave and i I felt like it had to do with a job
0: hmm.
2: and I heard I heard the green light on the leave. And so God help God. Is there more? (laughs) (laughs) Everybody's going to be quitting their job after today. (laughs) Uh, Lord. Mm. Mm -mm -mm. Okay. So I heard the Lord say that this leave had to do with an actual leave of location. So there's something about your leave of location Mm -hmm. Uh, even God says the state, God says, you're, you've been pondering in your heart. Do I need to leave the state? Um, and so God says, uh, the green light on the leave, because what he's called, the the reason this has been in your heart, the Lord says is because I put it in your heart because of what I'm sending you to do. And that's what God says. It's a sending and a commissioning. Mm. Mm -mm -mm. And the Lord says, I will confirm this word to you. God says, I will confirm this to you. So thank you, Father. Lord, I pray that, God, you would just let that strike the mark. Let Mm -hmm. that strike the mark for exactly the right one or ones that that might be for. And Lord, I pray that there would be for everyone on here, for everyone listening, there would be a fulfillment of destiny, Mm -hmm. that there would be a new longing and a reach to walk into destiny to fulfill it to to apprehend all of that for which you have apprehended us lord in jesus name
1: mm.
2: <laughs> yeah and uh for jeff i'm hearing for you um i'm hearing for you that it's there's <laughs> I don't know. I hear the Lord say, but uh, what's the word bide, bide your time. Is that a word? Bide. Yeah. What's that mean? Bide. I don't know. Yeah.
1: Like I know how to use it. in it says it's here. I'm going to go like this. Bide your time. Meaning we'll get a official wait quietly for a good opportunity to do something. There you go. Yeah.
2: I. That's what I hear. I think it's, re- I think there's a waiting season. It's, it's not an inactive season. It's just, I saw you seated and I saw the Lord's, um, there was so much God's put in you. There's like fuel and vision and things swirling and stirring. And, and there's a, I just see a deep well. And I just feel like God says, you're not going to miss out on all the things he's put in you. And so that just Mm -hmm. keep waiting, keep, uh, there's opportunities, there's doors, there's things that are, they, they will come. I just feel like God says, don't, uh, don't be in a rush. Cause they're going to come forth in the right time. Uh, that's what I just felt the Lord say. So.
0: Hmm.
1: All, right. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Yeah. All right.
2: Amen. <laughs> <laughs> well, amen, brother. I think that's what
1: I got today. All right. Awesome, man. Well, how can people, how can people follow you? I know you got the vanquished prophetic warriors, unapologetic dreamers, all that good stuff.
2: Yep. Yeah. You can go to the website vanquishpw.com. Um, there's some resources on there and then I have a free Facebook group, uh, called Vanquished prophetic warriors, and you can join there and we post
1: words and different things. So yeah, man, that's that. Yeah. Your word to me was accurate, by the way. I didn't want you to sound like it was like, Oh, that was okay. Whatever. No, it was very (laughs) accurate. So, Oh, okay. Well, as per usual. Yeah. So, (laughs) yeah um all right man well bless you we love you around here the elijah family we love you thank you so much for coming on it was great
2: awesome man dude I always love being on here yeah yeah for sure thank so you. everybody
1: um have a great weekend um tune in on monday we've got jesse green back uh it's gonna be great it's gonna be a great show we pre-recorded it because i'm technically off that day because it's my anniversary so um uh yeah it's gonna be great we already pre-recorded it so i already know what's in there and it's a great episode so tune out at 2 p.m pacific time 5 p.m eastern time on monday june 19th uh with jesse green also elijahfire.com slash donate is how you donate that's how you get in on the it's a double whammy you get the support elijah fire but then you also get to support water wells being dug, dug drilled in other countries or transforming communities because you guys generosity so god bless you guys we'll see you on monday with jesse green at 2 p.m pacific time 5 p.m eastern time okay
0: bye this has been elijah fire